This episode is brought to you by Skinny Pop Popcorn. Perfectly popped, endlessly delicious. Oh, so light and crunchy. Skinny Pop Original Popcorn is the snack you've been searching for. Made with just three simple ingredients, popcorn kernels, sunflower oil, and salt. Snacking never felt or tasted so good. Perfectly popped, endlessly delicious. Give yourself permission to snack and pick up Skinny Pop Original Popcorn today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving, cleaning, and even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. We got another day of NBA action. And with FanDuel, every night is a watch party. So it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets. So, what's the move tonight, gang? You know that new customers who bet $5 get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Woohoo! We're heating up, fam. Bet all the stars with all your friends and make every moment more only on FanDuel. New customers bet $5, get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Make every moment more with FanDuel. It goes down in the field. It go down. It go down in the field. 21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-patrollable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is the Decibel Geek Podcast with Chris Sinzak and Aaron Camaro. Well, we said we wanted to go viral, but not like this. Welcome to the Decibel Geek Podcast. We are still in quarantine. My name is Aaron Camaro. Across a couple of counties away is Chris Sinzak. How's it going, brother? How are you doing? Trying to stay alive. How are you? Good. I'm just staying home, trying to stay out of the mess as best as I can. Yeah, we're into the second week of this, and who knows when the hell it's going to stop. It's driving me crazy, man. I'm so stir-crazy. It's like I want to go out and do stuff. You know how bad yeah. I wanted to go to the Phonolux music store the other day? Yep. I just wanted to go buy a CD, and I know all them stores are closed, and even if they were open, I wouldn't go. I went to... Um a local restaurant because they're trying to like support the small businesses and they right. were doing like curbside takeout orders yep. and uh like of course they were backed up super long and i'm sitting in my car reading a book and thinking this is more fun than being at home <laughs> I, I waited for i waited like 45 minutes for my food and i was like this is still better than being at home that's right, how bad yeah. it's done like normally you'd be pissed for having to wait that long but in the circumstance it's like wow this is the most exciting thing that's happened all day <laughs> yeah yeah, we got out and drove, just drove around the country because we just had to get out of the house. And yeah. That didn't see anything all that special, but it was like at least we got out of the house and did something. Nice. 
Well, we're coming into your house this week because hopefully that's where you're at listening to the show. And uh, yeah, it's another quarantine session today. Chris is where he's at in Studio C. I'm back here in Studio A. But we're not going to deprive you guys of the show, so we're going to rock on with this. And we're going to do some more quarantine sessions today. We're going to answer some more questions. I've got a big surprise. A big surprise. We're going to try an experiment before the end of the show. And I'm not even going to tell you, Chris, what it is, but I think you're going to have a lot of fun and I think the listeners are going to freaking love it. All we need to do is find a willing participant today. So we'll see what we can come up with. Yeah, we've got a couple of friends joining us this week. Hopefully, because Ian's back this week and because he helped us out so much last week with our quarantine sessions that hopefully he'll be my willing guinea pig. But we also got his co-host this week in Josh Toomey, old friend of the show. Yeah, it's been a while since he's been on the show, so yeah, it'll be interesting. It's going to be fun to ask those guys about their new podcast, the Diplodocus Podcastio, I think it's called. Yeah, that sounds about right. We'll, we'll, we'll ask them all about that. But before we get to all this and the fun festivities and the secret experiments today, we got to take care of our business, and you know our business. It's sweet reviews and recommendations. we got a good one here today. It's an Apple Podcast review entitled Keeping Rock Alive. Five stars right there. Bam. These guys know their stuff and dig deep. Love revisiting some of the classic records with them and learning about how they were made. Keep up the great work, guys. That comes to us from Ratfink, number two, via Apple Podcasts from right here in the USA. Ratfink number two. Number two. That means there's a number one out there somewhere. We've got to hear uh-huh. from him next. Well, Ratfink number two is number one in my book. That's an awesome review. We appreciate it very much. Thanks to everybody that takes time to leave us reviews and recommendations. Clearly, we don't hide how much it means to us, so keep them coming. Yeah, we love to hear from you guys, especially during trying times like this. And thanks for the great feedback we got on the quarantine sessions of Volume One last week. What I remember of it was awesome, but uh, it'll be uh, it'll, it'll be cool to do this again this week. And you guys seem to like kind of the loose format, and we love to interact with you. It's been fun. Yeah, and one thing I realized last week about that show is that the Decibel Geek Hotline is awesome, but the way it's going to work best is when this shit all blows over. And you're able to come back over here to the studio and sit across from me, and you and I can be here and take phone calls that way. Because, man, we get too many on the line, it just messes things up. But, man, that was funny to listen back yeah. to. What a mess. I think people were entertained by all the problems we were having with it. So, <laughs> uh, at least there, there's that, at least. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, but the Geeks of the Week, these are people that shared on Facebook and retweeted on Twitter last week's Quarantine Sessions Volume 1. Geeks of the Week this week are Jeffrey Mendenhall, Matt Ashcraft, Gino Ames, Sean Phillips, Aaron Martell, Joseph Capone, Jay Shablewski, Scott Krauss, Rockin' Ron Runyon, Decibel Geek TV, Nate Atchison, Tom Lavickus, Aaron Baker, Kristen Schimbeck, David Glenn, Shay Hargett, Trevor McDougall, Adam Cox, Todd Cunningham, Andrew Jacobs, Eladio, Ernesto Aguiar, Christopher Stokes, Twisted Kister, and as always, the Mooger Fooger. The Mooger Fooger, baby. Those are our people, our Geeks of the Week. They shared last week's episode, the first part of the quarantine sessions. They're in quarantine with us. And that's yes. why they're Geeks of the Week this week. You want to become a Geek of the Week? Just share this week's episode, Quarantine Sessions, Volume 2. I'm sure you will because it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, I guess we got to talk about it. Well, I guess before we do, I should say we're playing some music today. Um, this is what I picked this. I just found this. This is one of my last finds before the quarantine began and all the music stores shut down. The CD is called A Tribute to Pink Floyd. That's it. It's got some weird stuff on it. Another brick in the wall featuring Fee Waybill of the Tubes. Wow. 
Run Like Hell featuring Dweezil Zappa. And I think Glenn Hughes sings on that one too. Nope, the dude from Chicago. This is a crazy album. Uh, One I'm going to play out at the end of the show. It's an awesome cover of Welcome to the Machine. Dig this, featuring Doug Pinnock of King's X, Gary Hoey on guitar, Mike Percaro, formerly of Toto, on bass, keyboards Derek Sherinian, and on drums Greg Bissonette. That's crazy. Stick around for the end of the show. That'll be our playout song. This has uh, Bob Kulik written all over it. Not this one, actually. Really? I don't see no Bob Kulik on here. Maybe somewhere on there. He Eric Singer. Those types of records. Eric Singer plays on Breathe in the Air. Huh. Came out in 2004 on Platinum Disc. Never heard of that. So I dealt huh. them mad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, well, start things off with the sad news, brother. Make it a double official if we got to say it on the show. I hate to say it out loud, man. It breaks my heart. Yeah, Rockin' Pod is uh, not happening in 2020, unfortunately. Damn you, coronavirus. I don't know. I'll make it brief. I mean, essentially, there was just a whole lot of factors that kind of came into making the decision, but they're all related to the pandemic and basically all this, the repercussions that come with a pandemic and things that fall in line on the business side. Just basically a bunch of dominoes started falling and it got to the point where it was like, this is, it's going to be disastrous if we go forward. And, you know, we were, the success of it was going to be incredibly hamstrung between between sell, being able to sell hotel rooms and also the touring industry has been turned inside out. And even in, even in a good scenario, um, a lot of the tours are going to get rescheduled, which means a lot of our guests are probably not going to be able to come. And as a promoter, you don't want to, you don't want to promote a bunch of guests that are going to wind up dropping off. And also, um, you know, people don't have disposable income. So, right. it, you know, this is, this is situation has hit the economy hard, and it's just one of the things where I might have took a step back, and it's just like, okay, people's health is at risk. We don't know how long this is going to go on for, and people are going to need every penny they can get going into the rest of this year. So right. it just made the most sense to, to postpone to 2021. And I'm in talks with the hotel. We're hoping to make an agreement to do it there next year so we can just kind of keep the same setup we were going to have, um, but I'm waiting to hear back from them. So stay bu- stay tuned. Um, refunds have already been processed. Everybody should get their money back soon. And, um, but yeah, that's where we're at now. I'm sorry it couldn't happen. You guys all know how much work we put into this thing and it's heartbreaking, but it just is the best decision right now. I mean, what can you do, man? I mean, the, they're telling us stay home, don't congregate with people, you know, and that's what rock and pot is. It's a big congregation, all kinds of people hanging out in the same place, you know, next to each other and enjoying each other. And, that can happen with what's going on, you know, and even if it clears up tomorrow, who knows how long until things get back to normal, you know, and by the looks of things, it ain't going to be tomorrow. So it sucks. I'm going to miss so many of my friends that I was looking forward to seeing this summer, you know, and a lot of people are going to be let down because they can't make it, but I'm sure everybody's got to understand. Do you want to get on a plane right now? Really? Do you want to go to stay in a hotel room? I don't, I don't want to do these things. It's just not safe out there. So stay home and listen to podcasts. See, we're safe in the world. Yeah. I mean, every, everybody that's reacted has been very good about it from the podcasters to the, to the guests that we had scheduled to the attendees across the board. Everyone's been super understanding and, and everyone that knows me and Aaron know that you know, this event means a lot to us and, and we love kind of being the, the hosts of this thing every year. So it hurts to not be able to put it on. Like you said, we're going to miss everybody this summer, but you know, we had that much more time to try to plan something really great for next year. 
Right on. Well, there's your moment of silence for the Rocket Pot Expo this year. That's a bummer, man. I hate the coronavirus. I got to get out of this house. I can't take it no more. I can't take another month of this. <laughs> Thank God for the podcast, brother. I don't know what the hell else. Oh I'd yeah, do. I'd go crazy. I've been looking well, forward that to means this since last week. But this means Christmas in July is going to be awesome. Oh man, it's going to be so good. We're going to talk to a bunch of old timers and convince them there's no way you can get the coronavirus over the phone. <laughs> Safety first Hopefully, with us. Yeah, I sure hope we don't get a new story come out. You could get coronavirus over the phone and be like, damn, the show's done now. <laughs> <laughs> and those sons of bitches tried to get us to call the hotline. <laughs> yeah, we got everybody sick. Oh, man. I look forward to that, too, when this is all finally over. Back to normal. Get Rockin' Pod happening in 2021. And like I said, get you back over here to the studio because it's just not the same. It's fun, but it's just not the same. Yeah, it's more fun when we get to hang out together. So, right. Yeah, hopefully, you know. hopefully, hopefully, we get back to that pretty soon. All right. All right, good. Ready to go? Yes. Well, then I think it's high time that we get to our guests, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, returning from last week, we appreciated his help so much we had to bring him back. And we also got his awesome co-host with us today from the Displacia of Your Hippica podcast. <laughs> we've got Ian Wadley and our oh, old yeah! buddy Josh Toomey. How are we doing? Nice. How are you guys doing? Uh, not drunk yet, but I'm working on it. <laughs> Just a little self-quarantining here in the uh, Talk To Me studios, Diablos and Podcastica studios. That's yeah. how you say it? Hey, can you say that again real slow for me, please? Rock Cox. Yeah. I love it. Best name in podcasting right there. <laughs> Rolls off the tongue. Yeah, it does. <laughs> <laughs> and right out of Toomey's mother's. <laughs> Ouch. No, I'm a big fan of the Declaration of Independence of podcast. Oh, God. Will somebody explain it to the Polak? <laughs> Diabolos in Podcastica. What did you say? Diarrhea of the Maltica? Haters These jokes hate. are about as old as the bands Ian likes. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I mean, so we got you guys on here. I've been dying to ask. I haven't asked either one of you since it all happened. I mean, Josh, you had your own thing going on with Talk To Me, and Ian, you were part of the Rock and Metal Combat podcast, and that, you know, kind of ended. I guess didn't kind of. It just ended. <laughs> How the hell do you two get together and decide it's a good idea to put on a podcast? Because when I first heard that you guys were doing it, I thought, Toomey and Ian? That's going to be insane. How the hell do you guys get together and decide this is going to be a great idea? Well, I was trying to uh, enjoy being unemployed and collecting a check, but <laughs> Toomey called me up, well, you know, texted me on the phone probably a couple hours after I announced it. And then I was like, well, let me weigh my options. And absolutely nobody else wanted to work with me. <laughs> so uh, by de by default, you have uh, Diabolus and Podcastica. Nice. Yeah, man, I've been, been wanting to do a show with a co-host for a while. And um, and it just kind of happened where Ian popped up. And, and honestly, through the Rock and Pod Expo over the years, him and I have become fast friends and had had a few drinks over the years. And so when it came time to do a show uh, and a co-host, he, he became available. And uh, I slid right in those DMs. Yeah, I did. Nice. Well, it's working so far. I dig what you guys are doing. Appreciate it. Thank you. I've actually been kind of uh, surprised at some of the revelations about Josh's taste that have come about <laughs> on this show. Um, about my time? immaculate taste in music? Yeah, like the um, the, the dislike of, of Judas Priest kind of caught me off guard. 
Well, I thought we were. I gonna... don't. I don't dislike Judas Priest. I just never got into them. There's a difference. I didn't think we were going to get into it this early, but you know, if it's going to come out, it might as well come out now, Josh. The three of us invited you here today. This isn't really a podcast recording. It's an intervention. And I've okay. got, I've, I wrote this. They told me it's good to write things like this, so I, I wanted to read this to you. I'll tell you, Josh, you know, I've known you for a while now. You know, I remember when you introduced yourself to me and said you knew what a podcast was and even heard of ours, you know, back when we had very, very few listeners. And, it, you know, I, I love you, man, and I, I see you have a problem. And it's not it's no shame to ask for help. You can come to us anytime. We will teach you the magic of Judas Priest. All you have to do is ask. It's up to you. You have to make the decision to embrace the Judas Priest. And I want you to know all three of us are here to help you. So that's that's what this is really all about. Yeah, you know, he's right, boss. You know, I just assumed you were cool. Uh, I didn't know the pain you were suffering in in silence. Uh, you know, s- stuck in your, your new metal cocoon. Uh, you never know what's going on in some- somebody's head, and sometimes it's nothing. Uh, we're, we're here to help. I just want to say that if you really want to get over the hump and become a diehard Judas Priest fan and see how badass they really are, I just I think you need to go on YouTube, find the video for Hot Rocket, and watch it over and over again. Oh, wait a minute. That's completely the wrong advice. Don't do that. That's not the one. <laughs> You know, it's funny, in all honesty, in the last week or so over, uh, you know, dealing with Ian and, and the uh, the uh, rock and metal combat followers, I've listened to some Judas Priest. It's not that bad. But, you know, I'm 40. I'm not really, not really ready to go deep into a catalog, you know, this week, maybe next week. Have you ever tr- checked out the Ripper Owen Zero of Judas Priest? No, I have not. Well, with your, your background with new metal, I almost kind of wonder as an experiment, if you might actually prefer that era of the band, because they actually were trying to kind of go that route at the time. I mean, so far, like I've really enjoyed Painkiller, but other than that, I haven't really, I, you know, like Stained Class. He he put a song from Stained Class in one of the episodes, and I was like, oof, okay, have fun with that. Wow, that's really? my favorite Priest well, album. Mine too. Uh, you know, this has been just as weird for me because <laughs> you realize, you know, like like Josh was saying, you know, we've hung out at the rocking pods and always had a good time, you know, and joke back and forth online. But I made all kinds of assumptions uh, about John, like uh, just to be combative, you know, because people like those kinds of episodes where one guy's one way, one guy's the other. You know, I knew what a big Megadeth fan he was. So I picked Cryptic Writings just because, you know, I hate that album. And I was like, oh, I bet you he just loves it. And, And sure enough, you know, he's like, yeah, yeah, that's not a strong one not a fan. I was like, shit, you know, all these, every time I think I know Josh, he constantly surprises me. I'm an enigma wrapped in a riddle. Yeah. (laughs) You know, he's not a big Van Halen fan. He only likes the stuff with Wolfgang. You know, it's, it's, it's odd. It's, it's odd, but, uh, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't make any judgments. That's, that's fine. I mean, I get, I get shocked, you know, and and it's weird, but I think that makes for a great show. So, you know, Whatever his tastes are, you know, that's his problem. Well, you know. I got to ask you, Josh, just for the, for, the, for their listener's sake and one particular listener's sake in, in general, what's your thoughts on Pink Floyd with Roger Waters? And remember, you could lose your life depending on your answer. 
<laughs> no, I have no idea. I don't. I I couldn't tell you the different eras of Pink Floyd. Oh, <laughs> you got some. You got some work to do, Ian. Yeah, <laughs> but that's part Heavy of what's, what makes your show so interesting. <laughs> Honestly, this this type of stuff just makes me hate metalheads even more. <laughs> like just this elitist nonsense of like, oh, you don't know the backside of Dark Side of the Wall to its entire teeth. <laughs> Did you just say dark side of the wall? <laughs> it's all the same shit. Oh, oh man. man, too funny. Oh. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I could go into the uh, Chris Sinzak fandom and just be like, "Well, I spent like a week with them in like 1992, so I love them now." <laughs> oh, you son of a bitch! <laughs> hey, it's way too early to bring up Juice Newton. <laughs> Somebody actually brought. I just think it's hilarious, like how how that throwaway line in an episode has become like this. Oh my God, I cannot believe he never got into Judas Priest. I told Ian the same thing the other day. I was like, you know, Judas Priest and Ted Nugent and all that stuff. I appreciate it. That's like what my older uncles were listening to. Like I wanted my music when I got into music, and I'm sorry that I can't I can't understand why it's like this big deal that like you know shit that came out before I was born is like turned into this like, oh my God, I'll take his metal card away. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, like I explained to you, you just got to understand, uh, you know, that'd be like some kid walking up to you and thinking anything before Greta Van Fleet sucks, you know? <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it, it's like, I wasn't surprised when you told me you didn't like old Nickelback, but I was surprised when you said you liked the new shit, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Hey, man, that, that, that Chad Kroger can write a song, man. <laughs> I was good oh. having you on the show today, Josh. Yeah, wow. But, but it is funny. I do understand now what it feels like when people are like, I don't like Pantera. And I'm like, how can you not like Pantera? Sure, you know, that, of course. So, I get it. And trust me, when you grow up, you'll get it even more. <laughs> but, uh, I, you know, I, I, th- I think it's safe to say for the rest of us, though, that when we were coming up, we embraced older music. I, I think, you know, and didn't look at it as, like, uh, I can't listen to that. That's, you know, my dad's era. You know, I, I love the shit that my parents played for me and, and that, you know, that I picked up from older kids. Yeah, definitely. Um, it didn't bother, but I do understand, like, trying to find your own identity and want your own shit. My son was the same way when he was younger. You know, I tried to play music for him, and it wasn't cool if dad liked it. And some of those same bands a few years later, when his friends said it was cool, then it was cool. But, you know, to him, like, he likes the older shit now, but, like, 90s Metallica was his shit. I'm like, you got to be fucking kidding me. You know, this shit's horrible. But it, it, it's what you grow up with. Because, like, cock rock, I, I fully admit there's a lot of cock rock that if I never heard it when I, you know, when I was a teenager and you just played it for me now, I'd be like, this shit's terrible. But a lot of it has great memories. And, you know, I'm pretty sure Josh is going to feel that way with new metal. <laughs> you know, if that wasn't out during your formative years, you know, you'd probably laugh at that shit. Can we like break down like a 1987 issue of Metal Edge or something? What? <laughs> Hold on, let me grab mine. Okay, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> What's on we page are, three? We are doing one of those again in the future, but today we're going to focus on listener questions we couldn't get to last week. And a lot of these, you know, they'll be good for you guys to answer as well. So if you guys are happy to chime in with these listener questions, I think we'll get started. You everybody good with that? Hell yeah. Cool. All right. So, and next, this is a good, Josh, I know you as a massive Metallica fan. So this is a good question. Um, 
who was your choice to replace Jason when he quit Metallica? And that comes from Chad Pollock. Did anybody have a choice in mind when Jason quit Metallica? I'm trying to think back to those audition tapes from uh, from that, that fantastic Some Kind of Monster video. Uh, no, I mean, it's funny watching those videos. You almost kind of know when you see Robert trying out, you know he's going to get the gig. But uh, I don't know. It would have been neat to see some of those other guys in there, like even like Pepper Keenan, I thought would have been, been kind of fun and almost like a throwback or the dude from Caius tried out. That would have been kind of cool. But but yeah, I think they I think they made a good decision with Robert. I just wish they'd let him not have those stupid braids in his hair and the basketball jerseys. I thought Pepper Keenan would have made the most sense because of his friendship with James. But uh, I will say, I know the person that thought he should have had the job the most was Bob Rock. <laughs> uh, yeah, as long as it's not Bob Rock. I remember actually hoping for uh, Ellipson because, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I thought it would have been great. And, and that would have pissed off Mustaine something fierce and he probably would have put out a good record. But I, I think that was around the same time or maybe it was right before. Was it was Ellipson even even in uh, Megadeth at the time? I don't know. I can't remember, but I, I think it would have been a good fit. I, I think Ellison's very underrated. You know, I would have loved to hear him in Metallica. Yeah, but I, I, I amazing. I, I think uh, Robert does a great job in the band, and I think Newstead was good. Just unfortunately, he was in the band during the worst period, in my opinion. Definitely not sales wise, but in my opinion, I don't think he was ever able to contribute the way he should have been able to. But Ellison would be my pick. That'd be pretty damn interesting to see what Ellison could have brought to that band, you know. But man, Robert Trujillo, he's awesome. I I love that dude. Loved his stuff in Suicidal Tendencies, and I figured, you know, like Josh said, you know, you watch that, you know, who's gonna get it. But I think if I had to choose, I'd go with one other guy that audition. His audition went kind of quiet, and that was Hulk Hogan. I think Hulk Hogan <laughs> would have been an awesome bass player because then you get the double threat. Not only are you getting to see Metallica, but you're also getting to see Hulk Hogan. Yeah, yeah and you get to hear uh, you'd get to hear Lars play trash can drums to Real American. That'd be awesome. <laughs> but that's always the legend that Hulk Hogan actually auditioned for Metallica, and they said, "Well, you play pretty good, but you know, you're Hulk Hogan." Actually, while we were discussing this, though, I just did a, I did a little Google search on my pick on why they didn't pick Ellison is because Ellison came with a condition that there would be two bass players. They'd have to take him and Tom Hazelnut, too. They're a package. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why my my dream didn't work out. Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, man. And how did I know that Aaron Camaro would find a way to shoehorn Hulk Hogan into hey. the conversation? <laughs> it happened. You ha- hey, don't blame me. Chad Pollock asked the question. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, and he knew Bam Bam Bigelow never had a chance. So. That's right. <laughs> he had the look, but not yeah, the skill. Yeah, Bam 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 had the look for sure. Um, and these questions are all over the board. Here, the next one's a non non-music question if you were going to bring back a defunct restaurant or fast food place what would it be that comes from michael bagford uh any of them they're all closed yeah mcdonald's <laughs> <laughs> you know with actually with kenny rogers passing i was uh thinking about kenny rogers roasters the other day and how they had, they had like some really good cornbread there so you know i'd bring back some kenny rogers roasters in honor of the great kenny rogers okay. um, i've never been to one I, of those i i don't have an answer but um Rockin' Ron Runyon just texted me an answer. He said anyone with a kid's playground uh, he would like to see brought back. 
That's from Rock and Ron Runyon. You were so hard on Rock and Ron Runyon. <laughs> yeah, so is the law. <laughs> Try doing a show with him. <laughs> hey, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> Let's talk about Wild Side. All right. Um, realistically, do you see Kiss continuing as a touring act after Paul and Gene leave? Um, yeah, for about one week at, at a casino in Vegas. Yeah. And, and nobody will show up. Well, Ian, I brought up Kiss. You have to say your tagline. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, Kiss. <laughs> <laughs> I can definitely see later. Kiss doing it. I think that they'll uh, they'll at least attempt it. You know, probably won't be huge venues, but uh, put them out there in a theater or something. It'd be a lot of fun. I I don't know if I would go see it. I don't I don't know. What would you do? Would you go see that, Chris, if it came through? I'm a, kind of of two minds with it. I guess I would. You know, it it would depend on the price. I guess if it was cheap and and it was done like faithfully to like the history of the band, maybe. But I kind of thought they had the right idea a few years ago. Doc McGee had talked about like you remember when NXS did like the reality show to pick the new guy that was going to yeah. sing for Michael Hutchins. I think they should do something like that. Make it into a reality TV show. And I know a lot of people are like, oh my God, reality TV. But I mean, I mean, Kiss lost credibility over 20 years ago. So you might as well just <laughs> go with it. But I mean, I think it would be an entertaining thing to see the guys in the band like re- pick their replacements. I, I, I mean, why not? At this point, if you're worried about any credibility with Kiss, then you haven't been paying attention for the last two decades. Well, all I can say is if they want Josh Toomey's money, that new lineup better just play shit off of Sonic Boom and Monster because he don't like that old shit. Oh. <laughs> Aaron, now, what do now hey, don't attack my Kiss fandom now. I I, I like the uh, the makeup era of Kiss. Oh. Man, I would totally watch that if it were a real thing. The, the members of Kiss, you know, and then they go around the country, around the world, and say, okay, we're going to whittle it down to the top five Paul Stanley you know, tribute artists or the top five Gene Simmons. I don't know, man. It's the possibilities are pretty awesome. And then you can have appearances by Ace Fraley and, you know, people would see what a big deal this was when those ratings came in, because what Kiss fan would miss that, you know? And then if you can get engaged with the people that are vying for the positions in Kiss, then it goes out on the road because you feel like you're a part of it because you voted or whatever for your favorite guy that you might go see that because through a TV show like that, if you watch the whole thing, you become invested in the personalities taking over Kiss, and so then you feel like you're a part of it and would we'll go and would we'll go support it. I think. <laughs> That's right, people. We're gonna do the mask singer for real. <laughs> and at the end, they take off their masks, but it's just makeup underneath. <laughs> Every one of them is Bob Kulik. <laughs> 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 I heard that the TV show was going to happen, but it got scrapped when Vinnie Vincent said he wanted to audition. <laughs> yeah, no, he was going to be the star, but he didn't show up. Uh, well, he was going to show up, but then at the last minute, he wanted uh, extra money. So, Right. Speaking of Bob Kulik, we had a question from Mark Ledley saying, if Bob Kulik had replaced Ace, what would his character be? His suggestion was the clown. Hmm. I'd say the eight ball. <laughs> the eight ball. <laughs> He's painting his whole head white. <laughs> I'm the Q-tip. <laughs> All right, another kiss question. Assuming Mark St. John was never born, who would you rather hear play on Animalize, Vinnie Vincent or Bruce Kulick? I would say Vinnie Vincent, even though I think he's a scumbag. Yeah, it would have been better <laughs> songwriting, probably. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, i go with Vinnie. Yeah, I guess i go with Vinnie, too, because Vinnie Vincent, you know, is going to 
back then at least add his own flair to it and really make it his own where Bruce at that time is just going to be in there doing what he's told. But then if you got Vinny on it, then he only plays on a handful of it and you got a bunch of different guitar players in there to teach him a lesson in humility. <laughs> I'll say Bruce. I don't know. Really? Why not? I'll just go against you guys. That's, that's my job for this uh, whole episode. You just but, like uh, Bruce because he's newer. Right. <laughs> I like Bruce because he he wrote all the the new metal stuff on Carnival of Souls. Yeah, yeah, yeah you think he did? It was Bob. So, <laughs> so you guys have been talking about it. a lot of like '90s rock, well, a lot '90s metal and new metal albums on on your show on the um, District of Columbia podcast. So, when are you going to do the uh, Kiss Carnival of Souls episode? <laughs> I'd have to, I have to actually have to listen to that first. Jesus. Don't make me do that, Chris. Toomey, you should listen to it. I bet you like it. No, I already have. I've already listened to it, and Baco knows my entire. Uh, <laughs> I was like, Jesus, this is awful. Damn, I love yeah. that album. Yeah, we're we're gonna save that for Christmas in July. That's one of our new ideas. <laughs> yeah. yeah, fucking ve- henchmen. What is that we're, shit? We're very original. You know, we don't like old ideas, right, boss? We like right. new ideas. You know, new ideas. I think it's They're, hilarious that you call Toomey boss. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, he does absolutely everything. And I, I just show up and, and, and tell jokes that he doesn't get because they're too old. So, yeah, he's a boss, man. He's a kind boss, though. He shows up and tells a bunch of jokes that I think are new, and then I just realize they're old, probably <laughs> danger-filled uh, <laughs> redos. Yeah. yeah. Every, every time he gets done editing an episode, he's like, you asshole, that was a red buttons joke. I'm like, ah, sorry. <laughs> red buttons. Damn. <laughs> oh, I'm <man>. old. <laughs> yes, you are. Oh. And this is a question from Rob Webb. It says, if you were Marvel baddies, what or who would you be? Or Orgasmatron slash a master of puppets, slave with grinder, Iron Man, or are you simply creatures of the night? Open to suggestions. If you were a Marvel baddie, who would you be? I don't know anything about comic books, so I have no no, no input on them. Is a baddie just a bad guy? Is that like some I sort of so, yeah. jargon? Yeah. Uh, I would be Devereaux, because I want to kill Kiss. Stop already. <laughs> stop it. Just stop. Okay? You have my money, now stop. You are addressing me, demon? <laughs> <laughs> awesome <laughs> yeah I, I can't even come back on that one that's awesome man all right here's he the question done rip and destroy their live a few times that actually would have been really cool if they'd broken that out yeah all right here's one from christopher stokes if patty Smythe from scandal would have replaced david lee roth and van halen like ed originally wanted what do you think would have been do you think they would have still been as successful as they were with sammy ian you go first Oh, uh, yeah, because it would have been, you know, kind of like the Sammy shit, but with balls. Uh, <laughs> uh, and, and there, there's just, there, there's some people you can't replace, and you, you can't replace Dave. To, to me, replacing Dave and Van Halen would be like replacing Eddie Van Halen. I, <laughs> I mean, th- that is the, the Jagger Richards. You take either one of those out of the equation, and you, and you don't have it. Uh, I mean, you can kind of tell the same even going to Dave solo stuff as, as much as, you know, I, of course I prefer that over Van Hagar and shit, but there's still something missing. Even, even as solo stuff at its best, 
you know, with the Steve Vai and shit like that. Eat Em and Smile, which is a, the greatest Van Halen album, not called Van Halen. But there's still something missing. There's some people you can't replace. You know, that'd be like, uh, oh, Ronnie James Dio is busy. Black Sabbath is going to replace him with Fred Durst. You, you know, you, you can't you can't do that. It's uh, no, it, it wouldn't have worked, especially back then. I don't think anybody would accept it. Uh, well, I guess what I, what I was going to say was wrong is you can't replace uh, David Lee Roth with a bitch. But they did that with Sammy Hagar. Yeah, so, <laughs> um, <laughs> mm, uh, I, I don't think I don't think it would have worked. But I don't I don't think the other one worked. But, it, you know, it did sales wise and initially. But if you notice. Van Halen was at their ultimate peak then, and then it just kept going down, down, even as far as sales and stuff. So, but yeah, I, I don't, I don't think back in the '80s, metal fans would have uh, would have accepted that. Aaron, I don't know, man. I think I'd have liked it. I think I would have preferred it. I don't know if it would have made them as successful as they were with Sammy. I kind of, kind of doubt that. But I would have loved it if they would have put out those albums with Patty Smythe. Maybe they would have been a little bit heavier. Maybe they wouldn't have been, you know, kind of yacht rocky the way they end up being. I like it. I think it's a great idea. They should have gone with it. It would have sold more than Gary Sharon. That's for damn sure. Yeah. Sue <laughs> <laughs> me. Uh, uh, I'm going to answer for Josh. Uh, no, he does not, not want to answer. No, he spent that whole time looking up who the hell Patty <laughs> Smythe is. Let him answer. How can you take away from that that great Sammy Hagar era of Van Halen? I mean, <laughs> oh god, uh, he's got a fever, coronavirus, <laughs> coronavirus, <laughs> shit is real. He got a shit fever. Shit is real. I think it would have been interchangeable because Van Halen was going for the pop success anyway at that point. So what the fuck? It doesn't yeah. matter. Right. At least we all agree. Fuck Sammy Hagar. Don't answer, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mike Parnell also wants to know who will be the next big band to headline arenas. Any thoughts? Unanimously, nothing. Yeah, Yeah, man, I don't know. (laughs) I have no idea. I don't know if there's any, like, new bands today that would be arena headliners. I mean, I guess Ian's favorite band, Five Finger Death Punch, they're headlining arenas, right? Yeah, but they're not new. Like, yeah, they're not really new. Is and they've been headlining, headlining arenas for ten years now. So it's like, uh, uh, well, I, I see Greta Van Fleet's kind of got some traction. I guess I don't that think would that be... they're still relevant. Yeah, I think their fifteen minutes is over now. It, it could be. We'll see. You know, whenever bands start touring again and they put out a new album, but they did pick up some traction. I mean, I'm not, I'm not a fan. I was kind of like, ah, they're not too bad. And then I saw them on Saturday Night Live, and I was like, oh god. that's what they're like live and that's what they're wearing jesus christ i mean the outfits they had on stage saturday night live uh made kiss's dynasty costumes look like fucking hotter than hell costumes are you saying there's there's something wrong with 20 something year old guys wearing birkenstock yeah and pajamas and shit you know god damn at least my generation had underoos you know god damn yeah i heard all the hot underoo talk on your latest episode (laughs) That's right. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I just, I don't think the interest is there, especially in the in the newer generation. Uh, I, I think once once our bands start dying off, you know, it, uh, House of Blues it is, <laughs> you know. 
I mean, they'll probably push Ghost maybe into that if they can. If Ghost can maybe hit a few more, you know, hit singles type thing. But yeah, yeah I don't know. Yeah, and where does that leave future generations? I think ends up being the question because what happens? I mean, all the time these bands are dropping off. No more Slayer tours. No more Kiss tours. No more Sabbath. No more Ozzy. You know, little by little, these bands are all going away and getting to the point where they don't tour no more. What happens to the world of music then? You know, the live entertainment. Does anybody, what bands are still going to be around? You know, there's got to be something new that comes out or the whole thing has got to completely change, I think. I think you're going to see more festival stuff with multiple bands because you can't, there's just not going to be that many bands on their own that could headline arena. So you're going to see more package tours. I think that's just going to be the future pretty much. Well, I, th- I, think, I think you're going to see festivals in Europe, but over here you're going to see more county fairs. Yeah, so. Blue Oyster Cult coming right at you. That's right. Hey, they have a new record coming out. Yeah, that band will never years. die. Yep. With all those hog mamas. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I know Ian's a big Blue Oyster Cult fan. Oh, yeah. I, I love him, but you know, I know where I got to go if I'm going to see Blue Oyster Cult. I got to go to a casino or a fucking fairgrounds. Yeah. Yeah. But hey, if they come around, though, I, I'm going. But yeah, as these, you know, in another 10 years, it's going to be crazy to see, you know, the options we're going to have for entertainment. I think you're going to see, again, a lot of what we had in the 90s, the bands that we really love just playing much smaller venues. But in 10 years, a lot of those aren't even going to be touring anymore. So it, it could be you can see a, a total shift, you know, away from live concerts. Because a lot of what's popular today doesn't really lend itself to a live atmosphere. So Yeah, and that goes hand in hand with all the venues that are disappearing too. Yeah. So the next two questions are already scaring me because they're related to Aaron and I, and I can't wait to hear what their feedback is from you two. Um, the next one comes from my brother, Eric Sinzak, who asked how much wood could Chris and Aaron chuck if Chris and Aaron could chuck wood? Um I have no idea. Aaron, do you have an answer for this? I do not have an answer for that. I have a question. Eric Sinzak, why are you being weird? (laughs) (laughs) I think it runs in the family. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, I I don't have an answer as much as a question. Was Eric dressed like a Jawa when he sent in that question? (laughs) Chances are pretty likely. I like that he turned it back on him, so thank you. Yeah. All right, uh, the great and powerful Matt Porter says, if you could create a festival show called Decibel Geek Palooza, what would the lineup be? Um, wow. Oh, man. I, I can, if, I can already hear Ian true. and Josh talking about what Aaron's picks are going to be. Yeah, guess my <laughs> Enough's picks. enough. Yes. Uh, uh, okay. Ugly kid uh, Yes. Uh, Cheeseheads with Attitude. Yeah, awesome. Uh, <laughs> and Pretty Boy Floyd. No. Oh, who the fuck likes them? I don't know. I figured somebody on your show. But yeah, you guys are close. I would oh. definitely. You guys forgot local H. Oh. And can't forget those guys. And love the great local band, local yeah. H. Ace Frilly, yeah. of course. Yeah, but uh, I don't know if you'd be able to afford that, so you might have to get Tommy Thayer as the spaceman. Yeah, save a lot of money that way. We got to cut cod. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so what? Well, it's better if you guys answer. What would my version of Decibel Geek Palooza be? I wonder, are these oh. bands of all time? Because if that's the case, I know that's easy. It would be like Thin Lizzy, The Ramones, Kiss. You know, I yeah, we all know all your favorite bands. 
bands that are around today. Well, Alice Cooper would have mine. Yeah, of course. Yeah, so would you have some Black Star Riders on your Decibel Geek Palooza? Uh, no, I'm kind of off that bandwagon. How about Volbeat? Maybe. I kind of still like Volbeat. <laughs> I know. I know you don't like them. That any. last one was rough. I know Ian doesn't like them because they came out after 1995. <laughs> right. I think they came out after fucking 2015. I don't know. That's That shit's terrible. That was terrible. How about Eclipse? I, Eclipse would be on that list. Yeah. Yeah, if you could really get Vinnie Vincent's like the Vinnie Vincent invasion up there, and he's gonna play for real, would you do? Would you have him at your show? No. <laughs> Notice how, how how long I hesitated on that answer. No, I would. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Like if he was if he was indebted, like he had to do it. Like same goes for Mark Slaughter. You can't back out. You have to do this show, and all Wait. these guys are. Wait forced under you know threat of their lives to go out there and put on the best show that they could possibly do then yeah but if you got like if there's any chance that vinnie vincent could tell you how it's gonna go no right you're saying that if Vinny doesn't do the show he gets lynched well if he like i'm saying it's like by threat of their lives you know if you guys well, then, then, I, then i i still rest my case i don't want them to do the show what about vinnie vincent invasion with george lynch too much ego for one stage. <laughs> Boy, I, I think this is just a wish list, and, and in reality, uh-huh. uh, it would be stars and Mark McGrath's Sugar Ray, because <laughs> uh, you know, that's what that's what we could afford at the end of the day. Sure, I, don't, I really good. hate Sugar Ray though. <laughs> that first album's good. Eliminating brownies, I'm with you. Yeah, that's Wait, a, that's a good oh, metal oh, oh. album. Aaron, you, you like the first Sugar Ray album? I do like the first Sugar Ray album. That album kicks ass, and the rest of their stuff, yeah, like me, through me the rest the of their career, up? they would have like two songs like that off of every album, you know. But for every hard rock and Sugar Ray song, you'd get a bunch of "I Just Want to Flies," you know. So <laughs> you'd buy the CD and only get two songs off it, and be like, "Damn, you know, why can't they all be like that first album?" Nothing makes sense anymore. Wow. <sighs> Every morning, I wish I didn't get fired from my last show. Oh, boy. <laughs> okay. Yep. Here's, this one's a little personal. This comes from Angela Mashburn, who I went, actually went to high school with. She says, what sound What sound do you love? Anybody? Uh, Ripping Ace Fraley guitar solo. Uh, a David Lee Roth. Ow! Nice. <laughs> you know I mean? What sound do I love? Yeah. What sound do you love? Yeah. <laughs> Sounds of the new. That's always <laughs> Yeah, anything that came out like between <laughs> 1994 and 2003. God, fuck, I don't know. A heavy guitar, I don't know. All right. I'll I'll make you all look like assholes. The sound of my children laughing. Now you all look like dicks. Um, uh, I also love the sound of your children uh, laughing. That's creepy. <laughs> and so does Rock and Ron Runyon. <laughs> <laughs> Mic drop. All right. <laughs> Good one, boss. <laughs> would you rather have? <laughs> so she asked another. Would you rather have the agility of a cat or the ability to breathe underwater? <laughs> what a weird. <laughs> breathe underwater. <laughs> Ian, 
<laughs> what the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, Jesus. See what happens when you get Ian off script? <laughs> yeah. Because uh, my, my stock answer is cock of a porn star, but that's not on the list. Um, agility of a cat. Okay. Aaron? Um, I think I'm going to go with agility of a cat, too. I think I'd like to be able to breathe underwater. But anyway. That'd be pretty awesome. Then she, the last one she asked, I don't know if this pointed at me, but I got a story from high school because of this question. She said, what was the stupidest thing you've done just because it was dared? And she's involved in this story. I don't know if it's the stupidest thing I've done because I've done a lot of stupid things. But she actually dared me. We had art class together in like ninth grade. And we were doing watercolor painting. And you know, you have that cup of water that you would dip your paint pen in. And it would just collect all the paint. She goes, she said, I I dare you and I'll give you like, I think it was like 10 bucks to drink that cup of water. And my dumbass actually drank it. (laughs) Never bet a Polak. (laughs) It it explains everything, I'm sure. But, uh, and I, I remember, I'll still remember this because I drank it down real fast. And I was like, oh, that wasn't so bad. And then all of a sudden you could feel the paint drying in your throat. And it scared the hell out of me. And I like I must have drank probably two gallons of water that day, think, being freaked out by it. But yeah, I was I survived, but it probably explains a lot of the decision making I've had since then. Did you shit <laughs> Skittles for a week? <laughs> I don't remember. I was gonna say on the other hand, then he turned in his shit at the end of the day and got an A plus from his art teacher. <laughs> he made it into an ashtray and gave it to his mom. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I wish hey, I was Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Like next, you said, a lot of bad decisions. Yeah, a lot of bad decisions. Okay. Next That's question awesome. from from Anthony Bone X. What do you think of Gene Simmons' sex tape? I'm gonna let you guys go with that. <laughs> oh man, it, it reminds me of like, uh, like if you're ever like in high school when you'd have like gym class. And you're supposed to be doing push-ups, but you don't really feel like doing them. So you're just kind of doing the the little half push-ups, you know? That's what it kind of reminded me of. And Gene Simmons, <laughs> you know, after all the women he's been with over the years, it's nice to see that he practices safe sex because he wears a condom and he keeps his socks on. You paid way more attention to that tape than I expected. <laughs> Didn't he also leave his shirt on in that? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. His shirt was on, too. <laughs> <laughs> It's old man sex. Yeah, yeah. I was impressed with the uh, the the caliber of squish that he got, though. I thought she was pretty hot, if I remember correctly. Yeah, Those are the only ones. I, I, I thought it was okay, but I thought it was bullshit that he used Bob Kulik's cock and didn't give him credit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just oh, love man. that he got the nickname "Socks" by a lot of fans after that whole thing. <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, this is from Kristen Schimbeck, one of our three female listeners. This is, uh, what song... He's about to ruin that for you. Yeah, I know. <laughs> what song or songs would you say best describes your life as a teenager and now as an adult? As a teenager, I'd say youth gone wild. As an adult, uh, I don't want to work. I just want to bang on the drums all day. Oh, boy. <laughs> Todd Rundgren again this week. Uh-huh. He's an inspiration. What about parental guidance? I know Aaron and Ian share a love of that song. Oh, yeah. (laughs) No, no, no. I mean, that was the cool thing about songs like that back then at that age. You know, there were so many that were like that, that they really, the bands wanted to really cash in on like teen angst. 
and shit like that. And I guess every generation does it because every generation's got teenagers that are confused and, you know, want to rebel and things like that. So, I mean, those are always the songs that stand out to you because it's like, yeah, fuck yeah, you know, I'm awesome. And then you get old and then I guess it turns into like, got to work and I got to get paid by the super suckers. I will say as a kid, I like to stay up late, all that stuff. So, uh, you know, living after midnight probably was just a huge one. And then now that I'm older and I have a lot of aches, I like to take a lot of painkillers. So, I mean, that was probably oh, too, too. You're trying to win all you're the doing it, Priest fans back. You're doing it. Oh. I told you it was never too late to change. <laughs> uh, I, so proud of you. I, I, I thought that's kind of... Uh, Maybe maybe an egotistical question, you know. You know, you could you could pad yourself or make yourself look better. So I just while you guys were talking, I text uh, my girlfriend from high school and I text my last girlfriend, and they both came up with the same answer: uh, Don Henley, New York Minute. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know what they mean by that, but uh, that's why they're exes. Fuck them. It's a race, and they lost. I thought that pound cake or fifty one fifty would be Ian's answer. Oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah, only when I'm dancing with your mom. <sighs> All right, uh, Keith Doyle wants to know, Chris, if you were a rest- were you a wrestling fan before you met Aaron, if- and if not, are you one now, or do you just take it in stride? Um, I was a wrestling fan as a kid until I was about age twelve, and that was when I kind of just dropped off. No, no disrespect to anyone who stayed on. Um, my uncle, as I mentioned in. Um, the Patreon on the, if you're a decibel geek VIP, go to patreon.com slash decibel geek and you can sign up and hear stories like that. But, um, I was, my uncle was a ring announcer. So I was into wrestling a little bit as a kid. And then I kind of dropped off the thing. But although Aaron, Aaron's connection to it has gotten me kind of more interested. And I catch myself watching like old wrestling videos once in a while on YouTube. Now are, are Ian and Toomey are either of you wrestling fans at this point? Maybe at this point is a stretch. I definitely was growing up. I mean, I, I was really into it when I was a kid. Fuck, I, I, I cried when uh, uh, Rick and Dragon Steamboat got hit in the throat by Macho Man and he couldn't talk. Oh, yeah, with the I ring bell. That, yeah, I thought that shit was real. <laughs> I remember watching that shit, and I got, got so upset. <laughs> uh, but now I, I can't even watch it anymore. I, I did get back into it uh, during uh, the Attitude Era, and then once that was over, uh, I don't know. I, it, it's hard to say because I, I really don't watch anymore. But the last time I tried to, like, I'll always watch a WrestleMania, but it's like I, I'm not invested in it. I don't think any of them are stars like what I grew up with or what came along in the Attitude Era. But you know, maybe if uh, Aaron Camara was the referee, I might get back into it. <laughs> no, I was definitely a fan in the '80s, and uh, you know, the Warrior and Hogan and Macho Man and. Over-the-top characters and stuff, and I definitely, honestly, when the Attitude Era came around, I was definitely not into that. It was kind of cool. As he, looking back on it now, it was cool, but as a kid, my dad would take me to, like, the Memphis wrestling stuff and uh, trying to remember who I saw back then, like Jerry the King Lawler and all that, and to uh, to know that, like, wrestling fans around the world would have died to have seen some of that stuff, and I was kind of bummed as a kid because it wasn't WWF, but we were still going on, like, you know, Wednesday night or whatever night it was that we, they would come through. But uh, but yeah, man, I I keep up with wrestling, but I don't I don't get into it. And I really enjoy wrestling podcasts, which is very strange. I like listening to the 
their stories and how they came up and, and the trials and tribulations and all that crap. But yeah, I'm not a, I don't keep up with it, but I, uh, I, uh, yes, I keep up with it, but I don't watch it religiously. Well, now knowing your musical taste, I know you wrestle with your sexuality. Sorry. Did you guys know that the singer Judas Priest was gay? (laughs) And I've heard that. I'm just talking about wrestling with my sexuality. You know, Ian's loving him some, some Rob Halford. Oh, I would. I would. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck it. (laughs) (laughs) What'd you do last weekend? Aaron, your thoughts on the wrestling talk? Um, I like wrestling. I think it's pretty cool. (laughs) No, um, yeah, Josh, that's awesome. You're right. You know, to be able to go to some of those shows, that's, that's the cool thing about the South. I think, you know, I moved down here and it was like, man, there's wrestling all over the place. And when I was a kid, same thing, Hulk Hogan, ultimate warrior, the heart foundation, demolition, all that, you know, and I was, there was just something about it. You know, I always liked football sports, you know, and I always liked Things like Kiss, you know, that were over the top and awesome, and wrestling was the perfect thing. And to move down here and say, well, you know what, I'm going to try to get my foot in the door doing some of this stuff, and then to later on find myself in the ring with Brett the Hitman Hart or Mankind, Mick Foley, you know, or some of the, you know, huge-ass stars that I've been in the ring with is a trip, you know, Rowdy Roddy Piper, you know, shit like that, that it's been awesome for me. But as far as, like, wrestling nowadays... I keep up with it because it's one of those things like I always felt like and I was brought up like this. If you miss a Monday night, you're going to be out of the loop because you don't get reruns. And, you know, if you miss it, it's gone because wrestling, the WWE, Raw, Nitro, whatever it was, keeps on rolling. So if you miss one, you're out of the loop. You know, it sucks. Nowadays, it ain't like that with DVR and everything. But I don't know. I just don't find myself getting into it as much as I used to. It's a trip once in a while, like Goldberg's back right now. He's the current champion. That's freaking awesome because that was back in the time that I really dug it, you know, back in WCW days and shit. And I don't know, always been a fan, always loved it, wanted to get involved in it. Glad I am, but have fun doing it. Well, maybe what are your the- thoughts on AEW? I do like AEW. I've been keeping up with that since it started up, and it's cool because it's different. I think they take a different approach to it creatively, and so some of their stuff's hit and miss, but the stuff that's good is really good, you know? And I always, because I was a booker at one time, which I wasn't, I guess, really a booker. I was more just like the writer of it, and I would write out the stories for a uh, a show that happened right here in Nashville that we drew quite a few people every single week and I'd have to put in the twists and turns and you know and the thing I always tried to do was make sure the shit kind of made sense because I wanted people I mean this day and age people know what wrestling is you know it's not an athletic competition but the people that get in there want to turn off that switch in their head and watch wrestling like you would watch a movie you wouldn't watch a movie and go well, shit, you know, I don't. I know that's not real. This was all filmed, and that's probably a stuntman. Now you sw- hit that switch, and you enjoy the movie for what it is. With wrestling, it's a little bit tougher because, you know, it's wins and losses and all that stuff. So it was always important to me to make it seem as real as possible, make it make as much sense as possible. And so nowadays I watch wrestling since being able to do that, and it's always with a critical eye, you know, oh, you shouldn't have done it that way because that makes this look stupid, or you you got to do this in order to make that important, you know, and I always watch it that way now, so I can never probably ever truly enjoy it the way I used to. It's kind of like Kiss. It's now. It, it's not real Kiss. It's Kiss Entertainment. 
All right, so we got one question left, and um, comes from our friend Aaron Baker. He says, "What is the most underrated band of all time, and why is it Thin Lizzy?" So, of course, I'm going to agree with Aaron that <laughs> Thin Lizzy is the most underrated band of all time. So I concur, but I'll leave it to you guys to decide who do you think is the most underrated band of all time. That's a tough question because it's all perspective. I think Thin Lizzy's got a lot of fans. I don't. I think they're pretty well rated. I'd say. Most underrated band of all time. Ugh. I guess if I had to pick one, I'd go with a band that I really, really love, that they only came out with one album, they never had a chance to make it, and that's a band called Pariah. They were from Texas, and they only came out with one album called uh, To Mock a Killing Bird, but yeah. the album is freaking awesome. I love the whole thing, but nobody's ever heard of them, so I'd say they're a little more underrated than Thin Lizzy. At least people know who Thin Lizzy is. Yeah. All right, Toomey, what do you who who's the most underrated band of all time? Say Judas Priest. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna pass to Ian for a minute. I know he has somebody in his mind, but God uh, I don't know, man. That that's that's a deep philosophical question. Uh you should have asked this before we went to the bathroom. Yeah. Uh, that's the thing about philosophy, it runs right through you. <laughs> that's, <laughs> That's David Lee Roth, by the way. Um, oh, man, I don't know. Uh, I don't think Kiss gets enough love. <laughs> yeah, you know, there's not any shows about them, any episodes about them. Uh, I, I don't know. This, this is a really tough question, you know, because there's bands that I like that don't have enough exposure. But to say the most underrated um, band of all time, oh, God. I'm I'm really drawing a blank here. Um, I, I, I would I, I don't know out of all time. I would say out of newer bands, of course I'm going to go with Uncle Acid and the Deadbeats because I think they're absolutely amazing, and they don't get the attention of like a ghost, but they don't have a shtick like Ghost does. But I, I think like musically, you know, they're they're far superior and better. And I love Ghost. But I think, you know, Ghost Shtick carries them a long way. And Uncle Acid, I, th- I think, is, you know, amazing musically, put on a great live show. But for some reason, at least in the States, they don't get the attention they deserve. That makes me think of another one. And this is a band, Ian, that you turned me on to that I freaking love. That's awesome. That's newer. But they don't, you know, I don't know. It's just tough for a rock band nowadays, I guess. But that band I'm thinking of is Orchid. Oh, yeah. Great band. I turned my father-in-law on to them, and he just freaking loves that band. If you like Black Sabbath, <laughs> yeah. you know, you're going to love Orchid. Yeah, definitely. And I, I'm, <laughs> I'm waiting for them to put out a new album. Uh, they just really haven't done anything. You keep hearing rumblings about a new album. But I really think they hurt what momentum they did have, because it's been a while now yeah. since they put anything out. And I'm afraid even when they, if they do do something again... They kind of lost what little bit of, because they, they were right there around the same time as Uncle Acid and Ghost and all that coming yeah. out, and this resurgence of a retro type sound. But while the rest of them keep going, they've just taken their sweet ass time. But yeah, they're a great band. I'm gonna go with Metal Church. I don't think they get enough love, and uh, I think it was a lot of lineup changes and things over the years. But uh, you know, first few albums was amazing, and then they've uh, come back around, and the last uh, last few things that they've done have been amazing too so go with metal church wow surprisingly old for you <laughs> just like my co-host 
Oh. <laughs> Ouch. Well, what can I say? You like them young, just like Rock and Ron Runyon. <laughs> I, I took both these guys to a strip club here called Barely Legal, and they were both like, ah, a little long in the tooth, wouldn't you say? Uh, you know, Rock and Ron Runyon also likes things that came out in the in the 90s. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> mothers. <laughs> Holy shit. You're going to get a damn slander lawsuit from Rock and Ron. <laughs> oh, man. That reminds me, oh, if you man. haven't yet, definitely want to subscribe to Decibel Geek TV, especially in these times. I'm sure you're watching a lot of Netflix, so, you know, Rock and Ron's over there doing good stuff. He's doing it yeah. on Decibel Geek TV yeah. for you. Decibel Geek TV will be up until uh, Rock and Ron Runyon accidentally uploads something from his personal files. And, and he is also up for parole, so everybody, you know, ride in and, and give him a good word. Oh, my God. Okay. So we're done with all the questions. Let's give a final plug to uh, Damsel in Distressica. Ian, go ahead. Ah, it's Diabolos <laughs> in Podcastica. And, uh, yeah, we appreciate everybody who's tuned in so far, but we, we want some more listeners. Uh, like the Mooger Fooger, you know. We're trying to get that Mooger Fooger money. You'll but, never uh, steal our Mooger Fooger. <laughs> we stole your geeks of the week so you know we, we stole everything <laughs> fuck it alright and Josh why don't you tell us where people can find danger you danger me danger Ustica <laughs> <laughs> hey, oh, just so God. you know he knows you're making fun of him because that's a new kiss song <laughs> Uh, is, that, is that Kiss featuring Fred Durst? <laughs> oh, God. Only if we're lucky. No, the uh, the Diablos in podcast, like a podcast can be found anywhere you find your fine podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify. We're on Spotify. I don't know if uh, Decibel Geek's not. But, uh, <laughs> what, the, what, uh, what, is, what is Spotify? I've never heard of that. Yeah, well, it's, it's one of the fastest growing podcast platforms out there that seem to knock off a few shows here and there. Yeah, the only reason we're still on Spotify is Josh plays music so new it hasn't even been released yet, so we don't get sued. <laughs> I don't know, man. I just had to play She Looks Like a Foot or something like that by Blue Oyster Cult, so I don't she even She looks hear it. like a foot? She's as beautiful as a foot. It's an She's awesome as track. beautiful as a foot. That's a real song? You don't know it? Tune in <laughs> no. to the latest episode of Diablo Sim Podcast again, and you will find out. Yeah, and Toomey liked it, by the way. That's a jam. Wow. Better than that Judas Priest. Oh. oh. <sighs> Boy, you're really winning over the listeners there, boss. <laughs> <laughs> in, in, re in wrestling terms, I'm what's called a heel. Yeah. <laughs> we invited you guys on to, uh, you know, kind of get the word out about your podcast, but I think you're doing it all wrong. I don't know, though. I mean, the, the, the show already had a heel before it changed names, if I'm wrong. If I, unless I'm wrong, Ian. Uh, I ain't going there. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, all right, awesome. Well, it was good to have you guys on with us, as always. Um, I want to do a little experiment, and if it goes good, Josh, you come back on and try it again. But, Ian, would you mind sticking around with me for a moment and help me out? No problem. Awesome. Josh, it's good to talk to you as always, man. <laughs> All right, we'll break down that Sugar Ray lemonade and brownies soon. Shit, yeah, sounds good. <laughs> All right. So you guys ready to play the game? 
What are we doing? I don't even know. <laughs> You're going to love this. Hang on. Let me bring up what I need. Okay. So, you know, it's time of, uh, you know, self-quarantine. Everybody's practicing social distancing and everything. And you're kind of stuck at the house and your mind starts rambling. So I decided I was going to create my very own. You guys are going to love this because you're the first two contestants on AC's Rock and Roll Game Show. Yeah. Are you excited yeah. to be here? Yes, sir. Yes. All right, here's how it's going to go. I've got 11 rock and roll trivia questions. They're multiple choice. You get four choices for the answer. So player one will be Chris. Player two will be Ian. So when I ask the question, I'm not going to reveal the choices. Player two will get the choice to bet against player one. So for example, let's run through a sample one here. I made a real easy one for you. So I would say, okay, Chris... Your question. We know Anton Figg is the drummer on Kiss's Dynasty and Unmasked albums and as a member of Fraley's Comet, but he's probably best known as the drummer for the band of this TV show host's show. So then, at that point, since it's your question, Ian, I will turn to you and say, you want to bet against him? Now, Ian doesn't know the choices. Chris doesn't know the multiple choices. So, Chris, then Ian, you decide and say, eh, there ain't no way Chris knows that. So, if Chris gets it right, he gets a point. If you bet against him and he gets it right, he gets two points. If you bet against him and he gets it wrong, you get a point. I think. I think I got this worked out right. I might be complicating things. So. Can I do the over-under? That he'll get it right, but being a Polak, he'll spell the name wrong? <laughs> Mispronounce it? I'm sorry, I can't accept that. <clears throat> David Lerderman. So then at this, at, yeah, right. <laughs> I'll give me any him. So then at this point, you'd say, okay, Chris, I bet against you. Chris, and then I would say, okay, I'd read question again. Choices are A, David Letterman, B, Conan O'Brien, C, Jay Leno, or D, Johnny Carson. So you would choose the correct answer, and then you would get 200 points, or two points. Let's just keep it at twos. So you get two points. So then it becomes Ian's turn, and it goes the same way, but opposite. Get it? Got it? Yeah, I I, I get it, but I just want to make sure, you know, you're not going to give your co-host the softball questions, you know? No, because it's all at random. Keep, keep this fair, you know. I, ask him where the clitoris is. You know, I need a chance here. <laughs> Last time I checked, I was married and you weren't, Ian. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, because I'm smarter. Okay. <laughs> All right, so those are the rules. You guys ready to play? Yes. Okay. So, for the very first question, and this one goes to Chris, don't answer yet. Question number one. In 1971, Fog Hat was formed in London by three former members of which band? So, Ian, do you think Chris knows the answer to that? No. Okay. So now we go back to Chris. Your choices are A, Steppenwolf, B, Big Brother and the Holding Company, C, Savoy Brown, or D, Wild Cherry? Uh... Yeah, that's a hard one. I would say C. Savoy Brown. And that is correct. And so, Ian, you bet against Chris. Yeah. And he got it right anyhow. Chris, 
That's two points. I totally guessed on that one. See, that's yeah, the beauty I, of and it. And I knew the answer. God damn it. Yeah, nice. All right, well, now it's your turn. This is one I bet you Chris wishes he would have got. Alan Schwartzberg is a drummer known for playing on Gene Simmons' 1978 solo album. He also played drums on albums for all of the following, except... Chris, do you think Ian's going to get this? you want to bet no. against him? I'll bet against him. All right, Chris is betting against Ian. Ian, the choices are A, Peter Chris, B, Jimi Hendrix, C, Alice Cooper, or D, Meatloaf. Uh, uh, g- g- give me, give me the choices again. Cause I missed the letters. Peter, Chris at a B Jimi Hendrix, C, B Jimi Hendrix. I'm sorry. That's incorrect. Alan Schwartzberg oh. did indeed appear on a Jimi Hendrix album. The answer was D meatloaf. Wow. So Shit, Chris I, I, bet I, against you and you got it wrong. So he gets another point. Damn. You're getting your ass kicked already. We're just on question number two. And I hope the people at home listening are playing along. All right. So let's see here. Okay. So then we go back to Chris for question number three. Before joining Ugly Kid Joe in 1991, bassist Cordell Crockett was a roadie for which band? Ian, you think he knows the answer? No. All right, Ian's betting against you, Chris. Choices are Great White, Cheap Trick, Love Hate, or Pretty Boy Floyd. Oh, my God. I have no fucking idea. Um, You got four choices. I'll say Love Hate. That is correct. Cordell Crockett (laughs) was a roadie for Love Hate. So, Ian, you bet against Chris. man. So he gets two points. Wow. Five to nothing. Oh, this is rigged. All right, Ian, this one's for <laughs> you. These questions are all at random, my friend. And you guys better not cheat. I'm not cheating. I'm <laughs> <laughs> no Wikipedia, Chris. Uh, I'm too drunk to type right now. <laughs> okay. So, Ian, this is your question. After releasing a live album in 1969... Before the official breakup, he was the first member of the Beatles to release an album outside the band. I think you know who the four choices are. Chris, do you think Ian knows the answer? I'll say yes. All right, Ian. Was it John Lennon, Ringo Starr, George Harrison, or Paul McCartney? The year is 1969? Yes. It's a live album. A live album. It's the first thing a member of the Beatles releases outside the band, but... The band hasn't even officially broke up yet. John Lennon. You're correct. And since Chris did not bet against you, you get one point. Yeah, I'm on the board. All right. So we're back to you, Chris. Oh, this is one I bet you Ian wishes he'd have got, too. Before joining Anthrax in 1983, Dan Spitz played with which band? Ah. Ian, you think he knows the answer to that? I bet you you do. Uh, Yeah, I know I do. Um, I'll say he doesn't know it. All right. Chris, your choices. Overkill, Testament, Intruder, or Spread Eagle? Ooh. Um, I guess. I'm going to say Overkill. 
That is correct. <laughs> yeah, okay, now it's, there's no way a Polak is this smart. Come on. Come on. Wow. So that's two more points for Chris since you bet against him. <laughs> oh, man. I, I hope there's 57 questions. Uh, we're, only going, we're only going to 11 because that's what the uh, Aaron Camaro Rock and Roll Game Show does. All right, question number six. So this one is for Ian. Which of the following bands has not released an album so far in 2020? Chris, you think Ian's up on his current album releases? I'll say yes, because he usually follows stuff pretty closely. All right, Ian, for one big point. Your choices are Ozzy Osbourne, Sepultura, Body Count, and Rob Zombie. Rob Zombie. That is correct. Ian's got another point. Yep, those other bands all came out with albums. What is it now, 2 to 20? 2 to 7. Oh, shit. All right, Chris, your turn. Which of the following rock legends were not born in 1946 with a five-year difference? Ian, you think Chris knows this? Not born. They're not born. There's and 46. Three, three of the four were born in 1946. The one that wasn't is either five years older or five years younger. Will he be able to I'm tell the against, difference? I'm betting against him. All right, Chris, here's your choices. Robbie Krieger of The Doors, Mick Mars of Motley Crue, Bon Scott of ACDC, Freddie Mercury of Queen. One of these is either five years older or five years younger than the rest. Uh, I'll say Mick Mars. That is correct. Mick Mars, five years younger. The rest of them born in 1946. Ian, you bet against Chris again. Good Lord. That gives you two more points. <laughs> Pretty smart for a Pollock, eh? Hey. Wow. Nine to two. All right, Ian, here. I got one for you. This is a good one, too. I like this. I wouldn't have been able to have the answer to this without the help of my good friend, Victor Ruiz. And your question is this. In the 2018 Podcast Kings Tournament, which podcast <laughs> eliminated three sides of the coin in the very first round by a whopping 83% margin? Chris, do you think Ian remembers the Podcast Kings Tournament? I bet he does. Yes, he does. <laughs> you want to bet against him? No, I'm not betting against him. All right, Ian, here are your choices. Podcast, the CGCM Podcast, Podcast Rock City or Rock and or Roll? Uh, you remember this. Come on. Can, can you repeat the answers one more time? Podcast, CGCM Podcast, Podcast Rock City or Rock and or Roll. One of these podcasts whipped three sides of the coin in the first round by 83%. Podcast Rock City. I'm sorry, that's incorrect. The answer was podcast. How do you not remember that? I don't know. I, I was too wrapped up in my shit. <laughs> Clearly. Yeah. That's why we won. Chris didn't vote against you or <laughs> bet against you. And you didn't get it correct, so no points awarded. Uh. I miss that tournament. <laughs> you're the you're there's one. That was fun. All right, Chris, your question. 
Which of the following bands has never appeared on Saturday Night Live as a musical guest? Four bands in the list. One of them is not a band who's ever appeared on the show. Ian, you think he knows Saturday Night Live? Yes. All right, Chris, your choices. ACDC, Limp Biscuit, Aerosmith, Skid Row. ACDC. I'm sorry, that's incorrect. The answer really? is Limp Biscuit. ACDC was on Saturday Night Live? Yep, in later I, years, not when they were young. I don't remember Same that. with Aerosmith. They, didn't, they weren't in it on Saturday Night Live in the 70s or the 80s. They were I on remember in the 90s. Wow. All right. Ian, did you bet against him or no? Uh, I, no, I bet that he'd know it. Okay, zero points awarded. <sighs> you let me down every time, Pollock. God damn it. <laughs> I love you, brother. All right, Ian, your question. On 1994's Nativity in Black tribute to Black Sabbath album, the band Therapy, with a question mark, teamed up with which lead vocalist to cover Iron Man? Chris, you think Ian remembers this album? I remember it. Um, I'll say yes, he remembers it. All right, Ian, the choices are Ozzy Osbourne, Bruce Dickinson, Rob Helford, or Peter Steele? Bruce Dickinson. I'm sorry, that's incorrect. The answer, the Prince Darkness himself, Ozzy Osbourne. I did that on purpose, you asshole. So (laughs) no points awarded there. It's going to be hard to come back on this one. Because there's only one question left. And Chris, it goes to you. In the 70s, Alice Cooper formed a private drinking club known as the Hollywood Vampires. Which of the following was not a member? You got four guys here. Three of them were members of Alice Cooper's private drinking club. They'd go up in their little private loft at the uh, Rainbow and get (coughs) drunk. Ian, you think he knows his stuff? Yeah. Yeah, he knows this one. All right, Chris, your choices. Jim Morrison of The Doors, John Lennon of The Beatles, Keith Moon of The Who, or Mickey Dolenz of The Monkees? Ooh, I thought all of them were part of that group. Um, I'll say Mickey Dolenz. That's what you would think. But the guy from The Monkees was definitely uh, a member of the Hollywood Vampires. He Jim- threw that question. He knows everything. Jim Morrison... Was a good friend of Alice Cooper's, but he was not an official member of the Hollywood Vampires. I thought he was. He died before it started. You knew Mickey Dolenz was in that. I call bullshit. <laughs> I didn't know. I love that you say that I'm dumb because I'm a Polak, and now I'm so smart that I'm diabolical enough to throw the game. I, it's all part of your ruse. Oh. Giving me way too much, way too much credit. So the final score. On the inaugural episode of AC's Rock and Roll Game Show is Chris Sinzak, score nine. Ian Wadley, score two. The hard okay. two. <laughs> so was that I want fun? a recount. Was that good? You like that? I did. I, I, other than the outcome, I enjoyed it thoroughly. Nice. I enjoyed, I enjoyed all of it. So I guess... Maybe next time, if we're still in quarantine, I'll come up with 11 more questions and see who has what it takes to step up and challenge Chris Sinzak for his championship. Suck it, Eddie Trunk. Oh. <laughs> At least my questions are hard, and they make you think. 
I like the idea of people listening at home. Somebody's nailed every single one of them. Well, at least I got two right. If you would have asked my boss, you know, all those questions were before 1993. Uh, he, w- <laughs> he would have probably known the one about Limp Biscuit. He said, that's easy. Limp Biscuit never played on Saturday Night Live. Otherwise, I'd have the uh, I'd have it on my phone right now. Uh, next time. All right. Someday you can re-challenge. I want to know what goddamn Jimi Hendrix album did Alan Schwartzberg play on? Uh, hang on, I can look it up. Cold as love, wasn't it? No, it was something I think that came out after he died that they had to go back over the drums on. Uh, but technically, he was on a Jimi Hendrix album. And that's the other crazy thing, too. He played on Peter Chris's solo album as the drummer on Peter Chris's album. Peter Chris didn't even drum on his own shit. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I wish he wouldn't have fucking wrote a song on it either. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Well, awesome. Thank you guys for uh, participating in my uh, trailer for my new Access TV show. I like it. All right. So I guess that wraps it up for the quarantine episode, volume two. We know you guys are bored. You ain't got nothing to do. So we made it extra long. Thanks for uh, participating in my experiment. If you think you got what it takes, to defeat Chris Sinzak and take the championship, let us know on the Facebook page. I, I just want to say, you know, if you're quarantined at home and you're bored, come on my new show, Dumber Than a Pollock. That's how you, you like pronounce real, it. I was going to give you like a real legit plug and then you go there. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it'd go over your head. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. <laughs>